everything's changed forever. A revolution to create the future. And the future is pro wrestling. So, are you ready? Welcome to the Ultimate Pro Wrestling Podcast, a show by and for all wrestling fans. Whoever you cheer for, whatever you support, we are pro wrestling. We are the angle. What the hell? Isn't it crazy what one day can do? Now, I'll admit, on Tuesday, I was pissed. I pulled a John Wick on all of WWE. I was shooting on everyone. Even the fans. And I'm okay with it. But today, on this lovely Thursday morning, I'm feeling good. And why, you may ask? Well, one, because I got a fantastic cup of joe right here. But two, between Tuesday and Wednesday, we got exactly what we wanted in pro wrestling. Hell, we got something that Make that can make up for the lazy creative direction by the WWE. CM Punk made his intentions uh, clear. NXT became a super show between Raw SmackDown and NXT. And Jim Cornette proved why he is really the biggest douchebag in all of pro wrestling. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Angle. I am your host, Joey Carney. And if you didn't get anything from what I just said, let me get to a quick point for you. A lot of shit happened in the last day or so in the world of professional wrestling. And we're going to talk about it all right now on The Angle. Now what I want to jump into first is what we saw from WWE Backstage last night on FS1. We saw CM Punk, Mr. Cult of Personality, formally make his debut back into something associated with WWE. He made his intentions clear as to what he is doing, why he is doing it, and what we should expect going forward. We saw superstars that we haven't seen in a while, such as Ember Moon, who is out indefinitely. She tore the Achilles tendon right off the bone. She's expected to be out up to eight months to a year. So don't expect to see Ember Moon anytime soon in a WWE ring, besides cases like what we saw last night with FS1 and Fox. Now I was excited to see David Arquette back in familiar territory. If a, a lot of the fans today, today's generation of pro wrestling fans, I don't believe... They really know who just the hell David Arquette is. And that's why we have the WWE Network. You can go back and look at WCW content. And I'm sure you can even Google him. And a lot of things will come up uh, regarding David Arquette in pro wrestling. Booker T said it last night. If it wasn't for Book, if it wasn't for David Arquette, Booker T may have never become a five-time, 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 oh, and a five-time WCW champion. And eventually making his way to the WWE. Without David Arquette, we may have not seen any of that. And a lot of fans today, I just like I said, I don't believe that they know anything regarding David Arquette. But if you're going to look at anything with David Arquette regarding pro wrestling, you have to watch Ready to Rumble. Honestly, one of my favorite movies I've ever seen. <laughs> As a kid, it was very difficult to find a movie that involved wrestling. You know, we always we have a lot of sports movies regarding hockey and football and baseball. We never had anything for wrestling, and I think this was really the first thing to ever come about for pro wrestling fans in regards to cinema. Ready to Rumble, like I said, one of my favorite movies of all time. You got to check it out. David Arquette, 
making his uh, way through WCW as a fan, going to become the world heavyweight champion there. You saw, you can see people like uh, Diamond Dallas Page, Sting, Goldberg, some familiar faces from the WWE. It was just an outstanding movie. Check it out if you haven't seen it. There is no plug for this movie. It's just that I'm saying I love the movie. Check it out, Ready to Rumble. But I do have to admit, David Arquette's promo last night with Booker T bombed. was fucking terrible. I have to agree with CM Punk, who gave him an F-. minus. It was horrible. The guy was just all over the place. And like CM Punk said, if you're going to take a shot at him for having a shitty MMA career, go full force. Don't hold back. If any of you didn't see it, uh, David Arquette made reference to CM Punk's uh, horrible record in the UFC and MMA during his promo that was supposed to be directed towards Booker T. And then Booker T turns around, starts off with an awesome promo, something that we haven't seen from Booker in a long, long time. Page claiming he's from the hood. He got some nostalgia back from back in the day. Booker T got some old day, old, old school Booker T vibes. And then he just... Gave it away. He ended up saying he loves David Arquette. And he you know, he met his wife through the movie Ready to Rumble that was with Ar- David Arquette. And it just became a soppy love story. All the judges, including Ember Moon Page, CM Punk, Renee Young, even the fans, even me, I was just like, what the fuck is this? But I got to admit, I that's my favorite segment on WWE Backstage. I love promo school. I love uh, that they bring in talent. Last week, for example, we saw Gabriel Iglesias, who is a comedian. Nothing to do with wrestling. He's just a pro wrestling fan. He's a WWE fan. So it's cool to see outsiders from pro wrestling come in and kind of go against different WWE superstars. But the main point of talking about WWE backstage is I want to talk about CM Punk, his intentions, what he expects to do, and really why he chose to come back to something related to pro wrestling and that is because that's who he is and I think it took him a long time about six years or so to realize that the character CM Punk is Phil Brooks and Phil Brooks is CM Punk and without pro wrestling there is no CM Punk and without CM Punk who is Phil Brooks and at age 41 I think that it's you know, smart for him to make decisions going forward for his family, such as this, signing with Fox, making it clear that he is not associated, nor has he spoken to anybody in WWE, which I'm not sure if I fully believe, just because WWE had to uh, sign off on the agreement to bring in CM Punk to, to Fox for WWE backstage. But I'm sure down the road we will get something. Now, given the question... Will he get back into a WWE ring? The biggest take that I got was that he did not say no. He said that down the line, if it happens, there is a lot, a lot of bridges that were burned that need to be rekindled. He made the reference to it taking the same amount of time it took to, it took to make the Great Wall of China. But you know how it is with WWE superstars who, who leave and come back. There are some superstars who were gone for 20 plus years and ended up making their way back. Look at superstars like Bret Hart who did not leave in the best way. Look at superstars like Hulk Hogan, for example. Superstars even like Paul Heyman who eventually all make their way back to WWE. And that's one thing I have to give credit for to the uh, credit to for the WWE. They with with whatever blood is spilled they always somehow manage to get their men and women back despite doing them wrong or being done you know 
being having the wrong done to them. They know how to bring superstars back. They are a family. And even if it does include a big hefty paycheck, they seem to always get back their biggest stars. Now, I did see a big difference between CM Punk from the beginning of the show to the end of the show where he cut that awesome promo. He kind of it took some time for him to kind of loosen up and get back to really just who the hell he is, not CM Punk, the best in the world, Mr. Cult of Personality, the pipe bomb. You can tell he was a little nervous, but he warmed up real fast. He got on his feet and he was just answering the questions in such a mature way. He kind of scared everybody with the previews for WWE backstage that he was going to come after everybody, that people were going to be upset with him. And I don't really think he did just that. I think he did a wonderful job the way he spoke. It was not too... Uh, he didn't go off rails as everybody expected him to. As I mean, I mean, it's CM Punk. Everybody expects him to go off the rails with a promo. But he explained that he is being paid to talk about WWE product without the repercussions of being in, tr go in trouble. You, I saw it last night. He was talking uh, about WWE's product, something he didn't like. He called the whole Baron Corbin thing trash. He made reference to a blue title being stupid, and Paige kind of chimed in and she called him a, and she kind of rubbed him off and said, "You're a bad influence." Uh, you know, it, it's, it's just making reference to that. She really can't say what she actually wants to say because she is employed by the WWE, which allows CM Punk. To make references to anything he wants. There is no script. There is no points that he needs to cover. He is being paid specifically to go out without the repercussions that he would have had in WWE. And speak his mind on the product. Whether that be WWE or making reference to any outsiders like AEW, Impact, whatever. So I think going forward, we are going to see more than a pipe bomb from CM Punk. I think something is going to piss him off. It's going to set him off. And we're going to see the CM Punk we've been wanting since that pipe bomb promo back five, six years ago. But something else that he said that I really did agree with, and that is the women's evolution, the women, the women's revolution. It's, it's labeled as the revolution or the evolution. And he said, why does it have to be called anything? Why does it need a hashtag? Why does it need any selling points? They are just the women. Let them go do their thing. And I think that's something that really st stood out to me because they, didn't, they don't do that with the men. They let the men just go out there and do their thing. And superstars like Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, they're all the top in the company. So I think the women having these hashtags and you know, shelling, selling skits or whatever they want to call it, shelling, to really get them over, I don't think is necessary. I think if you go out and let them do what they want to do, what they need to do, the women will be the main event of the show like they were at WrestleMania 35 this year. Now, something regarding the women that I have been discussing in my head for a long time, and I have discussed it with other fans. I discussed it with fans when I was at Impact Wrestling Last week or so. We see in Impact Wrestling. Tessa Blanchard. Wrestling the men. A woman wrestling men. Now it's not unheard of. We've seen it before. We've seen intergender, inter, intergender wrestling before. 
I'm not sure if it's something that I'm a fan of because it sort of in a way is unrealistic to me. Like, for example, we saw Tessa Blanchard go against Brian Cage, who is a massive, one of the biggest wrestlers I've ever fucking seen. And he lost to Tessa Blanchard. It's not as realistic as two wrestlers going at it who are both within the 250-pound weight range. But it is enjoyable, and it is entertaining, and it gets everybody into it. So is this something that we may see going forward in WWE? We already saw the return of intergender wrestling earlier this year. We saw Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. And we saw Baron Corbin hit Becky Lynch with end of days. So it's not something that's completely off limits. We saw it this year. We saw a little spark of it. And it's happening in Impact Wrestling. And it's only happening in Impact Wrestling. And Tessa Blanchard after this week's Impact Tuesday night, is now the number one contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, the World Heavyweight Championship going forward to the pay-per-view in January. The main event of Impact Wrestling's pay-per-view in January is going to be Tessa Blanchard versus Sammy Callahan for the World Heavyweight Championship. Is this something that the other companies can follow in? Is this something that maybe we could see Next year, Ronda Rousey versus Triple H or something like something that we've been teased with before. Becky Lynch versus Seth Rollins or, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't really discussed uh, or or really thought about different storylines that can include intergender wrestling. Uh, But I definitely think it's something to look at just because it's starting to come out of the water from other areas. And I do have to applaud Impact Wrestling for going there because... In today's generation, it's not really something you would think you would see. Impact Wrestling really taking the next step in the women's evolution. And I think WWE, I don't know. I I, I definitely think this is something we might see in WWE. Although Impact Wrestling is not considered a PG product. It's not considered family television like the WWE is. But there always is that question. Maybe we can see it. So... If you do want to see it, if you think we are going to see it, if you think we're not going to see it, let me know at the Angle Radio. Let's have a discussion about it because this is really interesting. It's a really unique topic that I don't think really anyone talks about besides the Impact Wrestling fans or anyone affiliated with Impact Wrestling. So let's let's start a conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's see where it goes because I don't know if there's pros or cons regarding that, but all I know is that I'm not opposed to it. But I'm not sure if I'm a huge fan of it. So let's discuss and let's see where it goes. Now back to what I was talking about with CM Punk. I think we are going to see CM Punk back in a WWE ring. And it's only for the fact only for the for the fact that if he did not even think about getting it back into a ring, I don't think he would have necessarily signed his contract with Fox. Although he is a journalist, he's an analyst. Uh, just he's being paid to talk about wrestling. Doesn't necessarily he mean he it means it's going to happen for him, but he has to know in the back of his head that that's kind of where this whole thing leads to. He kind of goes off the rails like he did last night with Seth Rollins, for example. And now everybody's talking. Maybe we could have a Seth Rollins versus CM Punk feud down the line. And honestly, I think that is going to happen. We see Seth right now desperately. Desperately needs some sort of character change. 
We saw in NXT last night, he just was booed out of the building when he should have been cheered. He That, that crowd should have popped for Seth Rollins. They should have been chanting, burn it down. But they weren't. They were booing him. And that just goes to show that he really desperately needs a change. I've said it on the previous shows, even Tuesday's show. Something maybe will happen at Survivor Series for a heel turn. Because anything involving CM Punk, if he was to come back, he's automatically a face. So I think that uh, we need to have Seth Rollins turn heel. He's already playing a heel on social media. And it was pointed out very well by CM Punk last night. CM Punk was asked if he can give any advice to, to Seth Rollins going forward, what would it be? And the first thing out of his mouth would say was he needs to stop tweeting. He needs to put his phone down and get off of Twitter. And that is 100% true because I think this is why Seth Rollins is labeled not cool anymore in the first place. His tweeting got fans against him. It has nothing to do with what happened in WWE inside the ring. He was the fan favorite last year. He won the fucking 2019 Royal Rumble. He won the, the supposed main event of WrestleMania. He, he was the guy that everyone was behind. And in a blink of an eye, it just literally, no pun intended, burned it down. He burned it down with his Twitter. And we see other superstars who are on Twitter, and they complain a lot. We see a lot of people outside of WWE going at it with WWE superstars, with different people. We saw it this, this week with Tony Khan and Randy Orton, and we saw Brandy Rhodes get involved, and then we saw Charlotte Flair get involved, and then we saw Cody Rhodes get involved. It kind of kills the character. In a day and age where social media really can make or break you, and your job is to play a role on television that you need to either get people against you or behind you, going against your character on social media, I just don't think is the right thing to do. If you're a heel, go full heel mode on social media. That's fine. Look at Jericho does it. Beautifully. He's a fucking Twitter magician. He's a heel and he plays into it on Twitter and everybody eats it up. But Seth Rollins, who's the supposed face of Monday Night Raw, the most popular guy in the company, and he's calling out people playing a heel on social media, that kills the character. That makes you look like a bitch. And that's why everyone is against him. We see superstars like Oni Lorkin, who uses Twitter, and he's always using Twitter. We see superstars like Matt Riddle, who gets himself into some trouble on social media. Becky Lynch. Look at Becky Lynch's Twitter. It's amazing. The reason superstars are allowed to use social media, and by the way, there is a, uh, in the Performance Center, Triple H has said it many times, they train them. How to use their social media to get themselves over or to get heat. These superstars, it's not like they're just thrown into whatever with their phones and they just tweet whatever the fuck they want. They are trained on how to utilize social media to build their characters in the performance center in Orlando. And the number one, the first ever NXT champion, probably the greatest thing to come out of NXT, Seth Rollins is the one person using it 
poorly unless this whole thing is for him to turn heel. Because if that's the case, then this is a fucking brilliant idea and he's a, he's a genius. But it's not. That's where it's leading to, but it's not the idea. So I'm going to give the advice that CM Punk gave to Seth. Stop fucking tweeting. Get off Twitter. Maybe go spend some more time in the CrossFit gym. Maybe pay more attention to Becky Lynch. Maybe do something else. Get off of Twitter. But the one thing I do have to say that Seth did well for himself with Twitter is he got the attention of CM Punk. And because of that, I am almost positive that we are going to see CM Punk enter a WWE ring. And it's probably going to be at WrestleMania. Because this shit is predictable with the way WWE handles their business. They bring in their big stars. They make them the face of their video game. Or they make them like a bonus character for their video game. And then they put them in WrestleMania. And eventually they make him a Hall of Famer. We've seen it before. And it's never going to stop. And I tweeted out last night after WWE Backstage. And I made it a point. I said on Twitter that I am not going to tweet during this show. Because I want to I want to be in it. I want to feel everything that I'm going to feel. And I will tweet after. And that's exactly what I did. And I tweeted right after saying that it is only a matter of time. Probably hours. After that show aired. That Triple H is going to be calling CM Punk. He's going to be calling Phil Brooks. And he's going to be trying to work things out. Get him into a match. Into a program. Most likely with Seth Rollins. And we'll probably see it at WrestleMania. And I even went on to say say that. Triple H H himself may even be involved in this storyline. Maybe we'll see Triple H get involved in the storyline. Backing backing, uh, Seth Rollins. Almost bringing in the, the idea that. Triple H and CM Punk, Paul Levesque and Phil Brooks don't like each other, which we've seen before in programs in WWE, which is a lot of the reason that CM Punk is not in WWE anymore. So if they can utilize that almost a way to back Seth Rollins, either as a heel or a face, going into that match at WrestleMania and make it kind of CM Punk versus the system, and I put my hands up as quotes around the system, I think that would be an excellent storyline. And then it eventually leads to a match with CM Punk and Triple H. And that's how we get CM Punk back in the ring. But all of this that I'm saying is just probability. It's not actually happening right now. Who knows? It could be, but we don't know. It's just where my brain is going. And I know a lot of other fans are thinking the same way. Right now, CM Punk, Phil Brooks is signed to Fox as an analyst for pro wrestling. He works on WWE Backstage. He is paid to rip apart the product. He's allowed to say whatever he wants with no repercussions besides cursing, which he put on an Instagram video last night. He's not allowed to curse. But besides the point, that's what he's here for right now. And we really can't ex- we can't expect anything else because this may be all that we get. Highly unlikely, but it is what it is right now. Let's see what happens next week. And let's move on to the next topic. And that next topic is NWA Power. And I have said it, and I say it all the time, I love NWA. I love NWA Power. It's an exciting, different show than what we're used to. And I said the last couple weeks that it hasn't really been exciting. It's been a little lame. But last night, things heated up. Things got hot. We saw the return of Melina into the women's division. She got involved in 
the Thunder Rosa Allison K match. Now it's funny because I saw the intro to NWA Power and I saw Molina's face here and there thrown in that video package and I was like, where is she? I, I'm not sure if she's signed to NWA. Is she really a part of it? And then what do you know? Last night she makes her appearance through the through the crowd, gets involved in the match. And I guess she's going to be a heel there in NWA Power. We saw some new stuff from Nick Aldis, Eli Drake, James Storm, Camille. Some exciting things. Now, although the last couple episodes were lame, the last two weeks were lame, last night, I have to say, it got better. It got really, really good. I enjoyed it. The one hour or 45 minutes, whatever it is, was really enjoyable. But we have to discuss the elephant in the room. And when I say elephant, we need to discuss the douchebag, the biggest asshole in all of pro wrestling. He's a racist. And I'm going to try my hardest not to mention his name because it's not worthy of being mentioned. He's a racist. He should have been fired weeks ago for his statements then, for his comments then. He wasn't. And I understand NWA Power is pre-taped. All they do, all the production team does is upload it to YouTube every Tuesday at 6.05 p.m. I'm not sure if it's because they're a new company if it's because they're a low budget and they don't really have many people working, but this shit should have been edited properly. It should have been rewatched and it should have been caught. And if it would have, he would not even be on commentary, let alone anything related to the product. Because last night, what happened with the comments that he made ruined the image of NWA Power. I saw comments that from fans who are just finally starting to get behind the product, now will not watch that product again because of what was said. Now, the comments that were made, they were racist comments. And I'm not going to repeat them because they were, were racist. But I will make reference to what it was. It was a reference with fried chicken and Ethiopia. And that's all I'm going to say about it. It was uncalled for. It had nothing to do with the match. It was this stupid commentator trying to get himself over, trying to be something that he's not, and that is a good commentator. That is something he is just, he never was, and he never will be. He needs to get away from a mic. He needs to get away from professional wrestling because anything related to pro wrestling, he tarnishes, which is why he's not wanted anywhere. And that's exactly what we saw earlier today. Or earlier yesterday, this individual, after his second offense with comments made, ignorant racist comments, has resigned from NWA Power. Now, I don't think that's good enough. I don't think he should have resigned. I think he should have been fired. And obviously, putting a statement out saying that he resigned is really them saying he was fired. But he doesn't deserve that. He, it should have said that he has been fired. Because they made an excuse for the last time it happened, for the first time it happened, and they kind of made it. David, the executives, the VPs, they made it almost sound like an excuse last night when the reference was made from management. It should have been edited. It should have not even. They they took the episode down after it aired to re-edit it. Like it's not. It it, it was. It was a ignorant thing to do on his end, 
But for management and production, I mean, that's kind of on you too. You should have edited it, should have been taken down because you lost you lost fans. And overall, you lost money. And I, I'm not sure where NWA Power, NWA goes from here. I know they have an upcoming event, Into the Fire, uh, I think I believe next month in December. But they need to come back from this. And I think it's just too early for something like this to happen. It just, it, it, and it's something that could have been prevented. That's the worst thing about it. It could have been prevented. It should have been prevented. But it wasn't. We're here now. He resigned. And we're going to move on to the next topic. I don't want to leave that on a bad note. NWA Power is still one of my favorite hours of wrestling throughout the entire week. I am not going to stop watching. I'm going to continue watching because there is so much talent on that roster that don't deserve to be in any negative conversation because of one individual who didn't deserve to be there in the first place. NWA Power every week, 6 p.m. Tuesday. I'm excited for next week. I can't wait to see what happens. I'm not sure how they're going to edit it going forward, uh, but I'm excited to watch it. And I'm really, really excited to see what happens next with NWA Power. Impact Wrestling, again, hit it out of the fucking park. Right into left field. Home run, man. Impact Wrestling, just, God, I love it. Everything is just gold, man. Damn, the whole night. The whole fucking, I just, God. It's just mind-boggling that WWE, and I said it on Tuesday, and I'm going to say it again. WWE product has been around for for decades, and they can't get their shit together. Impact Wrestling is a new a, a new reborn company, and their product, even they're they're low budget, with newer athletes who are not really well known, and they have a better product than WWE. Between Raw and SmackDown, <laughs> a company who puts their product on Twitch, not even on televised TV, they're on Twitch, has a better product. Than a company who has a two million a two million viewership every week. Impact Wrestling knocking it out of the park again. I'm excited to see what happens next with Tessa Blanchard now that she's the number one contender. And I do have to make reference to one thing, and that is Rich Swan going nearly 45 minutes in that match last night uh, on Tuesday, proving why he is one of the best wrestlers. That Impact has. And one of the best wrestlers in the world. He gave me such Kofi Kingston vibes from early 2019. He went in that elimination match. He defeated Moose. He pinned Moose. I mean, he was eliminated eventually. But after 45 minutes, just an awesome match. And he was bloodied. He was bloodied. He was battered. And he just kept going. And I was talking to fans on Twitter about it. It just so happens that every superstar who leaves WWE, who gets released by WWE, just does better. Anywhere else they go. Look at Jericho. Gone from the company. Now he's Le Champion of AEW. TJP. Rich Swan. Look at them in Impact Wrestling. Unbelievable. It's such, and, and, and Cody Rhodes, for example, Cody Rhodes, 
Look at him now after leaving WWE. Dustin Rhodes. The, there's a list that goes on and on. I can sit here for the whole hour of this show and give you a whole list of fucking names that do better now than when they were in WWE. And there's just a few other names that I would love to add to that list. But after what we saw in NXT, I do have to say the Revival... I kind of feel like they are revived. No pun intended, but they are revived. That match last night between Undisputed Era and The Revival will probably go down as one of the matches of the year. It is definitely a match of the year candidate. Fantastic match. Two of the best tag teams in the world. There was an event last year, uh, last month, Crown Jewel. And it was to crown the best tag team in the world. And I got to say, Gallows and Anderson, one of the best tag teams in the entire world. The original members of the club in New Japan. The Bullet Club. We saw Eric and Ivar, the Viking Raiders. War Machine, known as War Machine before anything in WWE. One of the best tag teams in the entire world. We have Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly from Ring of Honor. One of the best tag teams in the world. The Revival, one of the best tag teams in the world. I have been mistaken for such a long time because it, of booking, of WWE booking. But WWE has some of the best tag teams, at least four of them, maybe more, in the entire world. Now, AEW has the Young Bucks. They have the Lucha Bros. There's teams in AEW you can't compete with. Even new talent there. Private Party, for example. The Jurassic Express. Great tag teams. Newer tag teams. Young guys. Great futures ahead of them. But WWE, honestly, they have a chance to compete with tag team wrestling against AEW if booked properly. Like we saw last night on Impact Wrestling, the revival taking on the Undisputed Era. Eventually, the Undisputed Era getting the win for NXT. I said it on Tuesday. I Actually, I don't know if I said it on Tuesday or the show before that. I think the revival needs to be back in NXT. They need to be revived. They need to go back to their roots and start over. Because what they've done on the WWE main roster, on Raw and SmackDown, yeah, they're former Raw Tag Team Champions. Yeah, they're former SmackDown Tag Team Champions. But we're seeing it now with the Raw Tag Team Champions, the, the Viking Raiders. They put the tag titles on them, yet they're still facing jobbers. So, I don't know what that means, but the Revival, I think, have a real shot here to be better than what they are right now if they go back to NXT. NXT has just some sort of classic, traditional feel. It makes superstars better than they were before. Look at Finn Balor. Guy, he, was, he hasn't even had a fucking match yet, NXT. He's one of the talk to, most talked about superstars in the wrestling world today. Just from one being on one episode of NXT... Taking out Johnny Gargano, turning heel. Fucking money. But I do want to pat myself on the back here. And I'm going to pat myself right now on the back. Because I called it Scorpio Sky from SCU. SCU! Finally getting after nearly 15 years in the wrestling business. One of the best athletes in all of all elite wrestling. Finally next week in Chicago getting his number one contendership. He's getting his match for the Les Champion. Ship of AEW, the World Heavyweight Championship in AEW against Chris Jericho in what was a great promo, by the way, by both 
SCU, and Jericho. Jericho refusing to say He refused to say We know we need our own Jake Hager here so we can go come in here and say it. Sorry. Refusing to say sorry for acting like a whiny little bitch last week on Dynamite. You can always rely on Jericho to give one of the best promos of the entire night. I have to tell you, Jer I was flipping between NXT and AEW. NXT, AEW. Le Champion of AEW makes his way to the ring. That's where, the, that's where my channel is staying. I'm watching AEW until he's out of that ring, until I know what happens with Chris Jericho. He has that effect on me. He's the GOAT, the greatest of all time. Le Champion of AEW, Chris Jericho. Just the guy is... Ugh. Can't I just can't believe the guy's 49 years old and he's just this damn good. But I need a drink of water. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're still going to discuss everything that happened last night with AEW Dynamite, with NXT, the whole Super Show invasion angle on NXT we saw, and going into War Games this weekend, and also Survivor Series. When we come right back after this. What's up, Angle fans? Have you followed our social media pages yet? You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Angle Radio for your full, all-access backstage pass to everything pro wrestling. Once again, that's at The Angle Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now back to the studio. Welcome back to The Angle. I am your host, Joey Carney. And like I said, there is still a lot, a lot to talk about regarding NXT versus AEW last night and the Wednesday Night Warriors. We have NXT TakeOver War Games this Saturday. And following that night... Sunday night, Survivor Series. It's all going to be such an amazing weekend in the world of professional wrestling. I have so many things going on this weekend, and I have everything on hold. I already said I can't make a party on Sunday because I have to be included in Survivor Series, which, by the way, the angle is going to be included with Survivor Series. 5 p.m. Friday, Saturday. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. 5 p.m. Sunday night, live on YouTube. The angle is doing their live, our live Survivor Series pre-show. We're going to talk about what happened at NXT TakeOver War Games Saturday night. We're going to jump into Survivor Series. We're going to go down the whole card, give match predictions. We're going to have some guests on the show. We're going to give. Uh, we're going to have some special contests going on. And it's going to be a fun time. We're going to have a Survivor Series pre-show. That's going to be on Sunday, 5 p.m., two hours before the event goes down, Survivor Series. But I do want to jump back into what we saw last night between NXT and AEW Dynamite. Both shows were so fucking good. I can't even tell you which I enjoyed more. I'm going to say this week, it is a draw. I know a lot of other people are going to agree with me. Last night was a draw. No winner. And I'm going to tell you right now, AEW probably have, for the eighth week in a row, the highest viewership. And that's okay. Because for me, I'm not picking or choosing who's better based off viewership. If you are, you're a fucking idiot. I'm going off what makes me feel better, what makes me feel excited to be a wrestling fan, what makes me get goosebumps and jumps out of my seat, makes me sweat a little bit. And I couldn't and I can't tell you which one it was last night because they were both so good. And I and it has to do with what we saw on NXT. We saw the show start off with the man, Becky Lynch, after nearly four years making her return to NXT, getting into an altercation, a match with Rhea Ripley. Hopefully, I think that WWE has high hopes for Rhea Ripley because we saw her on Friday Night SmackDown get into it with Sasha Banks. We saw her last night get into it with uh, 
Becky Lynch. I hope going forward we see more of Rhea Ripley. Maybe she'll be uh, drafted to a different show. I can see her being uh, a good opponent for Charlotte Flair down the road. Maybe even Sasha Banks, like we said last week. But the women of NXT proving why they have the greatest women's division in all of pro wrestling. I don't care what you say. Raw, SmackDown combined does not compare to anything we get from NXT. And speaking of NXT, I do want to make reference to a conversation I had last night with one very, very special individual who is employed by the WWE. And if I had two words to describe this person, it would be... That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Last night, I did have a short conversation with NXT's very own Mauro Ranello. He was tweeting about uh, NXT, how he really just was so into it last night. I responded to one of his tweets saying that although the wrestling is fantastic, he is what makes it memorable. And he responded with, and I quote, that means a lot. And the incredible roster makes it pretty, pretty, pretty easy. Hashtag, I will never curb my enthusiasm. Then I went on to say, thank you for giving me, you know, insight for my show. He tweeted me hearts back and fist bumps. And it was just a cool conversation that I got to converse with Mauro Ronello. Despite it being on Twitter, I do look forward down the line being able to speak with him in person, in, in directly, but as someone who's trying to build their voice in professional wrestling, it was really, really, really cool to speak to the best in the business, Mauro Ronello. Now, the main event of AEW Dynamite, John Moxley versus Darby Allen, probably one of the best matches I've seen from John Moxley, and I'm not talking overall wrestling match because I don't consider. That street fight brawl with Kenny Omega as one of his better wrestling matches because it was a hardcore match. It was a fantastic match, no doubt about it. But if we're going to talk strictly wrestling, that match with Darby Allen was such a great match. The paradigm shift off the top rope nearly like looked like he nearly broke Darby Allen's neck. Darby Allen, man, I got to say, really stepping up to the plate. Getting that main event slot, going against uh, John Moxley, I think the company's really behind him. He's got a future. He's a smaller guy, like I said before. You would see him in the street, you wouldn't know he's a WWE superstar. Got such a crazy story behind him. Why he plays the character he does. Uh, it goes along the lines of being in a car with his uncle. Drunk driver hit him. His uncle did not survive, but he did. And his character is basically having no faith in humanity. It's a really dark character, but it's something that I think a lot of people relate to. Also, him being a smaller guy in a, in a world of bigger dudes. I think that it's something that's also relatable. And his moveset is just so unique. His finisher off the top rope, I'm not sure what it's called, but he jumps ba off uh, backwards as a, like in a coffin position. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's a really crazy move. The guy can go... And he's got a bright future. Hopefully, if the, if AEW were to create their own mid-card title, it definitely is going to be around the waist of Darby Allen. Now, on the NXT side of things, we were supposed to see a different match. But it was interrupted during the entrance by Ricochet, making his return back to NXT. Ricochet taking the loss to Matt Riddle. By the way, Matt Riddle, future NXT champion, whatever brand he is, he's a future champion. That guy is so over. Anyone he's in the ring with, that guy is just, the crowd is behind him. It's incredible. I met him at WWE Access uh, earlier this year during WrestleMania weekend in Brooklyn, New York. He's a cool dude. The guy he plays on, on, on TV is who he is in real life. 
No, make no mistake about it. He's the same dude. Such a different character that we see from most others. Such a different personality from what we see from most others. But such a different, unique move set that we see from a lot of others. Matt Riddle, just one of my favorites in NXT today. Now, I'm not sure what the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royal was. I know it came down to two winners. That's Adam Page and MJF. Glad to see Billy Gunn finally involved in something with AEW. We know he works backstage, either as a producer, as a trainer, and whatnot. But finally, glad to see him on TV. That guy is looking jacked, man. He's one of the biggest dudes in the whole damn company. He's so jacked. It's crazy. But I really don't want to talk about that match until I have more details as to what it is. Some sort of ring next week. I don't know what's going on with that. But the match is going to be Adam Page and MJF. Now I want to jump into the main event of NXT this week. It was the ladder match for the advantage, to earn the advantage going into war games. It was Dominic Dijakovic from Team Ciampa going against the team captain from Undisputed Era, Adam Cole Bay Bay. It was a fantastic match. We saw all different members from Raw and SmackDown get involved. Like I said at the beginning of the show, it came down to Seth Rollins trying to take out Adam Cole with the curb stomp, but it came down to Ciampa making his way out, kind of showing his his face as the face of NXT, getting into it with uh, Seth Rollins, a show ending in a brawl. Not really sure where that goes from there, but... We do know going forward, and actually we don't know going forward. We don't know who the hell is going to be on Team NXT for Survivor Series. We know what's going to go down for War Games. By the way, one more member of the team uh, hasn't been named yet for Team Ciampa. Right now we have Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, and Dominic Dijakovic. We do have one more spot open. It is being reported by Triple H himself that it, during the NXT conference call earlier, that it is going to be a surprise. We don't know if it's going to be from somebody from either Raw or SmackDown, somebody making their return, such as Velveteen Dream. We don't know. And I don't want to give any uh, predictions or spoilers or whatnot. I just want to wait until Saturday to be excited. And we'll talk about it on Sunday at our live uh, Survivor Series pre-show. Now I want to talk about the best match of the night on the AEW side. It was the beginning of the show. We saw Nick Jackson from the Young Bucks. In singles action against Ray Phoenix of the Lucha Bros. Such a fantastic match. It's it's been a while. I don't actually I don't think at all yet in AEW in its existence. We've seen either or of those guys in a singles match. We've seen the Young Bucks, uh, Matt and Nick Jackson together, not in singles competition. The same thing goes for the Lucha Bros. Fantastic match. Ray Phoenix getting the win over Nick Jackson. I, I was blown away. First match of the night, I was like, holy shit, this show is going to be fucking fantastic. And it was. I, like I said before, both shows so damn good, not being able to pick a winner. This week for me is a draw, although it's probably going to be NXT, like I said, for the eighth week in a row, getting the best, uh, highest, highest viewership. But it's a draw for me. Both shows were amazing. I was clicking back and forth, black and, back and forth. I was watching The Revival versus Bobby Fish. Uh, and Kyle Riley from the Undisputed Era, and I was clicking back to watching Jericho's promo, and I was clicking back to watch the ladder match for the for going into uh, War Games, and I was clicking back to see Matt uh, Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix, and then we saw stuff from Britt Baker from the Women's Division in AEW. It was just all so damn good. And I said it at the beginning, at the very, very top of the show, what a day can do from Tuesday to Thursday. 
what a day, two days or so, can do. I was so pissed off on Tuesday, and I took it out on everyone that came in front of me. I went off on fans. I went off on Twitter followers. I went off on the product. I said I was like John Wick. I was shooting everybody. I was shooting on everybody. And it's only because I care so much so much about wrestling. I love WWE to my core. And the product they've been putting out has been garbage. And it, we, have to, we have to say what it is. We're always going to love the company, but it's been putting out garbage. I'm saying it. The fans are saying it. The ratings are showing that it's garbage. CM Punk, who's being paid as an analyst for Fox, is saying it. But after what we saw from Tuesday and also last night on Wednesday, I'm so hopeful. I'm so excited for this weekend. Like I said, I canceled all my plans for this weekend because I'm going to enjoy fully NXT TakeOver War Games. I'm going to be surprised with the final entrant for Team Ciampa. I want to see... Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. I want to see the women tear it down in the first ever women's war games match. Then going into Survivor Series, I want to see who's going to face Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Is it going to be Damian Priest? Is it going to be Pete Dunne? Is it going to be Killian Dane? I want to see who's going to be the top brand in all of WWE. Is it going to be Raw? Is it going to be SmackDown? Is it going to be NXT? Hell, who knows? Maybe it could be 205 Live. No one knows what exactly is going to go down on Survivor Series. Sunday night, I'm so excited. Tune into our show Friday Live 5 p.m. on YouTube, the Survivor Series live pre-show with the angle. My energy is so high right now. You're going to get the same energy Sunday night. We're going to talk about war games. We're going to talk about Survivor Series. We're going to talk about all breaking news because, like I said, what can happen in a day in the world of professional wrestling? Everything is so crazy. There's so much always going on. It's almost impossible to keep up. And we're only on two days a week. We should be on more. Let me know at the Angle Radio if you want us on more because I can talk every day about this shit. It's my life, God. But I'm getting a little crazy here. I need another drink of water because my throat is like, I can't talk anymore. That is all for today. There's, I'm just excited for this weekend. Survivor Series, NXT TakeOver. So much to go on. We're going to talk about it all on Sunday, like I said. And then we're going to follow up on Tuesday with our live show on Tuesday. So for now, I'm your host, Joey Carney. This has been The Angle. We'll see you Sunday, live, 5 p.m., YouTube. The Angle's live pre-show for Survivor Series. We'll see you then. Have a good weekend. And before you go, remember that The Angle is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Rate us and leave a review, and we'll read it live on the air. See you on the next episode.